0: On today's show, Damian Lillard left Portland with a bad taste in his mouth. The new details show that Joe Cronin mishandled his franchise player. And where will Drew Holiday play next? All of that and more on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA. I'm Wes Goldberg here with Adam Matas, however you might be tuning in. On YouTube, Odyssey, or on your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We'll take stock of the championship favorites and decide who the new most loyal player in the NBA is later on the show. But let's start today with the latest on Damian Lillard. In a story for Bleacher Report, Chris Haynes detailed the messy divorce between Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers with Lillard telling Haynes, quote, How this summer played out behind the scenes definitely left a sour taste in my mouth, end quote. Haynes goes on to detail how Blazers GM Joe Cronin allowed emotions to get in the way of business, refused to negotiate with the Miami Heat at all, Lillard's preferred destination. Then Cronin stopped communicating with Lillard for three weeks, and when they did finally speak, Cronin expressed that he wouldn't be trading him to Miami, nor would he allow Lillard to return to Portland at one point, even the NBA league office had to get involved. There's a lot more details in this story, which obviously, uh, does come from Damian Lillard's point of view, but given the latest details, uh, Adam, do you think that Joe Cronin mishandled trading the franchise player?
1: Well, I think you can give just a little bit more detail about what, what, what all was involved in this sit down because the sit down part of it to me is the, mm. the craziest detail that they had to be sort of counseled into like, Hey, we need to uh, for the better, for the health of the league, we need you guys to
0: kind of get through this. Yeah. I, I was wondering during this whole process, if the NBA were going to get involved because this had obviously not just become a sore spot for Portland and a sore spot for Damian Lillard. And and maybe, you know, if you're a Miami heat fan and, and all the toxic the conversation that went around it, but it was a blight on the NBA in general, with all the star trades and these things, and the fact that he only had the one destination, and that it was being held up, and it just—the entire conversation around it wasn't positive. It had nothing to do with the game. It kind of had the, it had everything to do with like entitlement and, and things like that. Like this isn't stuff that the NBA wants around its sport. And so, I—I I guess I'm—it is a huge detail and it's a big development. I guess I'm not really surprised that it happened because it felt like it always should have probably happened. And it did happen. Uh, We just didn't know about it until now. But yeah, I mean, Cronin and, uh, and the Blazers front office, not speaking with Damian Lilliterer's representation is, and his agent, Aaron Goodwin, for three weeks because there were trust issues, right? Like the Blazers front office thought that if they communicated with Lillard and Goodwin, that Lillard and Goodwin would turn around and use all that information to try to force their way to Miami. And then Goodwin and Lillard were left in the dark and they had no idea what was going on. So three weeks passed by Joe Cronin visits Damon Lillard in his Portland area home, sits down with him for an hour. And during that sit down, Joe Cronin essentially expressed to Dame that he's not going to trade him to Miami. And at that point, Damon Lillard, Said, well, if you're not gonna trade me to Miami, I don't really want to play anywhere else. Can I just return to Portland? Can I basically just hey, takesy take back on the on the trade request? And Joe Cronin essentially was like, No, man, toothpaste is out of the tube. Like, that's done. Right. we are not we're not gonna let you come back. Damien Lillard shocked at that because he had been there his entire career and was very loyal and all these things. <laughs> um, and so bad blood there. Um, and and well, here's the thing, Wes. If I can interject here, please do.
1: Here's the thing five or six years ago adam silver made the comment that it seems that nobody in our league is happy all the athletes seem unhappy and i don't know why since then there's been a global pandemic and life has seems to have become significantly more stressful and these players there just seems to no be no happiness here's what i really think dame was the loyalty you know player in the nba he talked about it openly all these different things When he finally said, I want to go somewhere. Yes, he said, I want it to be Miami. But let's be honest. It was in the interest of Portland to get rid of Damian Lillard. They were not going to win a championship this year. And he's already old. It's like, you know what? Let's get some assets or whatever for him and rebuild. It was good for the Blazers to do it. It was good for Damian Lillard to move on from Portland. So we have two sides whose interests align. And yet here we are in the same spot as if the two interests didn't align. Is there such a thing as the happy ending in the NBA these days, Wes? Part of me it looks at this situation
0: and says no. If there ever were to be a happy ending, this would have been it. But this idea that Damon – look, I think there's a little bit of naivety with Dame in this entire situation because look at these superstar trades that have happened in the past. None of them. None of them ever even been like, hey, we're cool, right? Like at the end, like right. every bridge is burned. Everything is torched to the ground, and everybody forces their way out, and there's bad – feelings all the way around and you then you end up getting like these smear campaign pieces after the fact just like we got with this one but but you
1: know what Wes? though the thing is is the smear campaigns started earlier the this isn't this is where the explosion but here's the thing if i were to and again i don't i don't know if anybody's going to know all of the different like varying parts of this but i think it's pretty obvious that Dame positioned himself to get out of this situation without feeling like he was totally forcing himself to, which he was. And again, I think most people would look at this and say, you know what? He gave Portland a lot. He gave him, you know, a decade of great hoops and everything he had. Like, I don't, I don't, I think people would have understand, but I think that teams and athletes and general managers and owners and all of these people in the 21st century, in the year, 2023 still think that they can control everybody's opinion of them. And I think this is part of it Dame, to me, it comes off, like going through Chris Haynes, a well-known person to kind of get the player story, not saying it's a bad reporting. I think it's all true, but it definitely is, hey, this is from Damian Lillard's perspective of the situation. This just feels to me like a desperate attempt to have your cake and eat it too, where it's, we don't want anyone to be mad at us. We don't want to do this or that. Look, man, you want it out. Everybody understands it. It was perfectly fair, and it Mm -hmm. remains that. But this messiness of it all on both sides to me just screams of, guys, do we not see that this is just how it works now?
0: It's unfortunate, right? Because I thought Damon Lillard actually really tried to do it the way that he wanted to do it, where he's like, look, I'm loyal. I want to win a championship. Obviously, you guys are going in another direction. And that's fine. Like I, I thought there was a quote, and I, I want to say it was to, to ESPN's Mark Spears where he said, I would have loved to be there my entire career, but it just, like it's not even up to me anymore because, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, They're rebuilding and I'm 33 years old. So what's the point of me being there anymore? And they're trying to trade me. And so um, I I think he tried to do it all right. And in those same interviews, giving him a platform to speak poorly about the the Portland trailblazers or anything like make more of a mess of it than just the one destination part of this all this whole deal. And he didn't, he never did it. He never spoke bad about the Portland trailblazers organization. Meanwhile, he wasn't even speaking to (laughs) Portland trailblazers organization. (laughs) I was trying to play the loyalty card and trying to do it right. But meanwhile, Adam, it's like as soon as the trade request was made, what I find interesting about this is that Portland's general, uh, Portland's front office basically said, the hell with those 11 years, we're done. And now we're just going to handle this. As strictly business, we don't care about the loyalty. We don't care about where you want to go. We're going to get our best assets, and heck, we're not even going to talk to you about it anymore. And <laughs> that was it. And well, and the lead up, and you heard all the same stuff, Adam, especially during the NBA Finals, where this was still this was becoming a story. With when you were talking with people, is hey, if Port- if and when Damian Lillard does request a trade, Portland is going to be under some obligation to do right by him. How much? How many times did you and I hear that stuff? Right, yeah, They're yeah. going to have to do right by Dame. By the way, they, out, did, they didn't the care thing- about it.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. What's the end result? This is the craziest part, This does feel like, you know, two sides of a couple trying to gaslight each other into breaking up with the other one. Like, they both want to break up, but they both want the other one to be the guilty party who did the breaking up. But here's what's crazy. They both wanted the same thing. They both got something that I think is very favorable to both sides. Portland gets a jump start on a good rebuild. And Dame has by far, in my opinion, the single best chance he could have had to win a title going to Milwaukee. It wasn't even on most people's radar, but when you sit there and look at it, you go, "Yeah, that's actually a perfect fit for both parties, Dame and uh, you know, and Giannis and everybody." So to me, this is what's so crazy about it is both sides wanted the same thing. Both sides got better than expected outcomes for this, and both sides feel completely hurt by the
0: other side. And you say because the process was ugly. I love the like the, the relationship, the breaking up thing. This would be like if you broke up but only after you didn't speak for three weeks and then you came home <laughs> and your girlfriend had moved all her stuff out. And you're like, I guess I'm single now. This isn't yeah. my new life. I don't know. Like, it's just, I think the process is what obviously hurt Damian Lillard during all this. And I'll go back to it, man. Like, it, it I, I just don't know the star that gets traded where the process is super clean and friendly and everybody gets along at the end. Because I it's hadn't seen it. It's never going to
1: happen. It's never going to happen. And as we're going to find out in segment three. It's surprising how little loyalty there is in the NBA. And by loyalty, I just mean how long, how many athletes stick with their team for years and years and years. Inevitably, in the NBA cycle, where everybody kind of knows now how you build and rebuild and what you have to do, it's so hard to keep a window open for 10 or more years athletes are good for nowadays for 15 years they have a 15-year career so if you have a blue chip nba player you need to keep a window open for 15 years or so which is almost impossible which means at some point it's going to make more sense for both sides to break up and it just seems like those will inevitably be ugly in some capacity it shouldn't be and by the way i will say one thing and to to, to dame here a slight criticism you said he didn't say anything bad about portland on the way out he has hinted and
0: he's also rapped a couple Disses then, on his way out. Well, then, he, and then he just did it all. So he was just—it's all there now. He was just saving yeah. it. And I did in the piece. He did say, you know, I, I still have love for Portland. All these things. It's not against Portland. This is this was specific against Joe Cronin. And yeah. and, and and he posted a uh, a farewell note to Portland uh, tonight uh, to his social media accounts and thanked basically everybody who's ever walked through the Moda Center except mm-hmm. Joe Cronin. <laughs>
1: Incredible. And, though I will say though it is I. I don't want to just sit here and pile on Dane. I thought that was an incredibly classy move to take so very much nice. time to write such a thoughtful and specific thank you to so many people. So, I mean, he really did a good job on that.
0: To be clear, I'm on Damian Lillard's side here, but I'm also a little biased in the entire thing. <laughs> because Joe Cronin was not – like, clearly just didn't feel like he wanted to deal with the Miami Heat at all. By the way – there's a little bit of – malpractice on his part whether or not you could have thought whether or not you think they could have beaten Milwaukee's offer or not has has nothing to do right. with it it's just to like not even speak to him where you literally it sounds like he spoke to every other team in the league just out of spite it's a little childish for a general manager to do I, I think that's fair to say uh, here's the thing in today's NBA
1: I do think it's important for some of these markets the Portland's the Denver's the Oklahoma City's the San Antonio's To draw a line in the sand and say we won't be strong-armed. Kawhi only will go to the Lakers. Well, that hurts us. And if the moment teams start to acquiesce to those types of things, the market resets itself. To me, both the Kawhi deal and now the Damian Lillard deal, two deals in five years where a team said, nah, we're not doing that out of principle. And I just look at it and I go, I hope this helps set future markets so that players have less and less leverage to do those types of things. Maybe that's idealistic. But for me, I tip my hat. And also, is this deal that much worse than Miami? Even if it is, we're talking 10%. It's it's
0: worse than the Miami deal because Damian Lillard doesn't end up in Miami. So that's why I think (laughs) it's worse. Um, Are the Bucs the favorites to win the championship? FanDuel thinks so. But I bet Adam and I disagree with FanDuel. That's going to come up next. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's episode of Locked on NBA is brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. Do you need fresh groceries for the week but don't have the time to go to the store because maybe you have to do a million podcasts about Damian Lillard? Try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right through your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get groceries delivered that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them yourself. Want even more? You can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery free on eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. With easy substitutions right in the app and best in-class customer support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to, 20, up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCKDOWNNBA at checkout, limited time offer, Terms do apply. That's fifty percent off, up to twenty dollars, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the Doordash app in the App Store and enter the code Locked On NBA. Don't forget, that's code Locked On NBA for fifty percent off your next, your first order with Doordash. Thanks for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Before we switch gears to Drew Holiday and maybe whatever his next team is going to be. Let's talk about championship favorites now. So after the trade, Damian Lillard goes to Milwaukee. Vegas changed their future odds. Now have the Bucs as the clear favorites to win the championship. Here are the odds according to FanDuel, Adam. Milwaukee plus 360. Boston plus 500. Phoenix plus 550. Denver plus 650. And the Lakers have the fifth best odds, but far away at plus 1,200. So they've Mm -hmm. got pretty much a clear top four here. Milwaukee, Boston, Phoenix, Denver. But even within that top four, Adam, Milwaukee is far and away the favorite. Um, do you think that the Bucks should be considered the favorites now? Because I still have questions about their defense. Obviously, we haven't seen Dame and Giannis together. But also, it's Dame and Giannis together. So, we can kind of go either way.
1: I think those odds will probably shrink you know there's i think there's typically a little bit of a, an excitement factor like oh my god they just got dame everybody go put money yeah. on it right now and so the odds kind of start there and they and they snap back um and i expect the same thing to happen but i still think that that probably is right i will say den phoenix over denver is a little surprising to me i mean we just had a series about that it's mostly the same teams that went you know we'll see if people really think bradley bill closes the gap between what turned out to be like a 60 point point difference over 6 games but Um, that's the one that's weird to me. But if you just talk about Milwaukee being the favorite, I think so. Not quite that hard, but that's a really good team. I will say Milwaukee is such a hard team to judge. They win a title three years ago. They've had great regular seasons the last two years. Great. Going into the playoffs this last year, they just looked like a dominant team that was going to at least contend, and they get blown out in the first round. So a little bit weird there, but I do think that this is going to be a very, very good team
0: to get into the nitty-gritty of the odds, I think Denver's way too low, I think Boston's too high and I think Phoenix is too high. If you're going to have a top 2, I think it should be Milwaukee and Denver and it should be a lot closer than plus 360 for Milwaukee and plus 650 for Denver. If you're listening to this and you like and you agree with us, maybe now's a really good time to put some money on Denver because I don't know that they're going to stay oh. at plus 650 for very long. It might those might be the best odds you get for quite a while if you feel motivated to put some money on the Nuggets, but look, the Nuggets won the championship. I think Nikola Jokic is the best player in the NBA, and I—I I don't think it's really even a debate right now. I Giannis is incredible; he's probably the second best player in the NBA. But I just think the way that you—did we already forget? There was no answer for him in the in, in the playoffs. The Nuggets went what sixteen and four, right yeah. in the postseason. Like four. they were dominant in the in the postseason, and they bring their starting five back together. I know they lose Bruce Brown. You know, Christian Brown could take a leap. Like they've got players there. And who knows? Maybe there's even a move to make if they need to make it during the regular season. Maybe a buyout guy, something like that. Like, I don't know. I'm just not ready to unseat the Denver Nuggets from where they were, given how dominant it is that they looked because Milwaukee got Damian Lillard. I think I would probably say that Dame and Giannis are the best duo in the NBA right now. But I do think that there's questions around them. Right. Mm. And so. I, I, I like having Milwaukee as a second, maybe even a close second. But I think I, I just, you can't unseat the Nuggets like that. Not like I that.
1: think. Yeah. I, I, look, there are questions around Milwaukee that I think will start to be asked in the coming days. You know, we're in the celebration. We're in the honeymoon phase. Sure. One of those is they have a rookie head coach, Adrian Griffin. Yeah. Brand new. Bring him in. We'll, is he good? Is he bad? Is he the right fit here? Does he know what he wants to do? I mean, we saw last year when when Missoula became the coach right before training camp of the Boston Celtics, there's no time to really draw up a new system. It's like, we got to run right into it. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks just changed their entire identity of their team. You know, is there really already a plan in place? Is it going to take some time? I think those are
0: real questions. And then On offense, have... it'll be easy, right? Just team really? alert. I mean, it'll yeah, be easy to score points be. right away. I mean, yeah. you have the best vertical threat in the NBA, the best rim pressure in the NBA in Giannis, and then the, the scariest deep threat outside the Bay Area in Dame. You're just like, all right, run that pick yeah. and roll. And if that doesn't work, invert the pick and roll, and then that right. terrorizes everybody. So yeah. you could just do that. Defensively, I think, is where you're going to get to, though. That's that's where there's real, yeah. real questions. I think they'll be really good defensively, and I think they'll figure yeah. it out. They've but got Giannis what- and Brooke on the back line. But we
1: think about continuity with teams, you know, like a lot of the guys with Milwaukee have been there for a while player wise. So you think, okay, there'll be continuity. But the difference between Drew and Damian Lillard defensively Mm -hmm. is very different. So different that I think it probably impacts even your scheme. I think Milwaukee will probably be less effective with their current schemes. You need somebody that fights through screens and challenges pick and roll ball handlers. The way Drew is probably the best in the NBA or one of the best in the NBA at doing. And Damian Lillard's one of the worst in the NBA at doing. So that's going to take a little bit of an adjustment. And does that one change mitigate uh, Brook Lopez's impact at least a little bit or maybe even a lot of bit? Uh, those are some of the questions I have. So I think defensively there is going to have to be a complete reconfiguration. I shouldn't say complete. A pretty lengthy reconfiguration and re-identi- uh, re-identity um, for that yeah. team. And you know, offense will probably come naturally, but defense, um, they'll have to figure that out.
0: Giannis last season played 41% of his minutes at center. That was a career high, according to basketball reference. I think we could see a new career high being set because everything you said, like this might be a team that just has to get up and down, switch everything, which Brook Lopez is not going to do. And maybe that makes Giannis a, a center at end of games and end of halves. That could be something that we see a little bit more of if they do have to sort of revamp the entire scheme defensively. But let's switch gears now but to Drew be crazy, be crazy
1: okay. Real quick, real be crazy. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't. I might try that one out a little bit, and if it works really well, that might be a back pocket thing that I don't want to give anybody a scout on. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy, but the, like Nuggets the, it, thing. the Nuggets did it this year with Aaron Gordon. He did not play backup center really at any stretch this entire season. You get to the playoffs, and immediately he's Denver's backup center, and it worked. Sometimes you can get away with it when you go, yeah, we know this works. We don't really need to refine it. It's natural.
0: Uh, let's talk Drew Holiday, though, who's now on the trade block. He's with the Portland Trailblazers, probably won't ever play for them. Teams like the Clippers, the Celtics, the Sixers have been rumored to be landing spots for him, as well as other contenders. Uh, what teams do you like for a holiday? Let's have fun here. Like it could be those teams, it could be right. any other team. Let's just let's have fun. Good. I've got I've got
1: four I've got four for you, and I'm going to go in order. I also time. have four. I wonder if any of them are the same. They're probably the exact four by order of what I think is the most fun. And the first one was okay. this is the most fun, or the we're counting to the most fun, okay. the most, the most okay. fun. I'll be the shocked. Miami Heat.
0: Are you kidding ah, me? Oh.
1: This, is, this is the absolute best outcome from this whole scenario. First of all, let me say something, Wes. I kind of like that fit better than Damian Lillard. Is there a better sort of F you? Like, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. If Cronin really is upset about this whole breakup, don't you call him up and just say, hey, man, hey, man, I know you're mad at us, but you're really mad at Dame for trying to force him to us. How about you get Dame back with the one guy who completely locks him up, and we meet in the playoffs. You know, you'll you'll be on the sidelines watching us as we x them
0: out of championship, oh, championship. Everybody's what a great consolation prize. Everybody keeps saying that in terms of the heat, and I'm just like, I don't want consolation prizes. I want a Damian Lillard here.
1: I don't, I don't think it's consolation. Again, it's all fits. I kind of feel
0: like Drew Holiday fits. But here's my problem with the Drew culture. Holiday thing. He does. He fits all Heat culture, and I love Drew Holiday. I, he's one. He's been one of my favorite players in the league for five or six years now. But, and and defensively, you put him, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo together, I, teams might score 20 points on the Heat, like, all game. <laughs> like, it's just, that's crazy. But it, Miami's problem wasn't defense, it was offense, and it was specifically offense in the half court, which was the same problem that the Bucs had with Drew Holiday as their point guard last <laughs> year, and he was, as great as Drew Holiday is, an all-NBA player, he was part of the problem, in terms of their half-court offense. Sure. So I, I. And especially on a team where you're going to have to give the ball to Jimmy Butler, and he's going to do his isolation post-up bully stuff, or Bam Adebayo is going to need the ball a lot. Like Drew Holiday is just going to end up kind of posting up as a shooter in a lot of possessions. You, you I don't, don't know. want to watch like,
1: this because it's ugly. It's it well, the,
0: the Heat basketball is ugly. It's always been ugly. And what I was, was what was exciting about Damian Lillard, it wasn't. Good. It was just going to be easy points for once, Yeah, like yeah. the first time since the Big Three era for Miami, but. I go um, for
1: it, man. If I'm you, I just lean into it. Let's what is just go. it? What's the deal? Yeah. Is it Kyle Lowry in a first round pick? That's what they want. Picks, man. They just want picks. I mean, that's you get. A key.
0: Tyler Hero gets to shoot like 27 shots a game. You got to get the scoring somewhere. Um, if it was, if it's Kyle Lowry's expiring in a first round pick, at least I would at least explore it. You probably have to throw in some additional salary from. Uh,
1: I think I think you're crazy. This this team would be horrible to watch they'd be an eyesore but i'm telling you nobody Lucky would look at me i get to cover team.
0: them all season and you get um, to cover them all season uh my
1: number two team okay this one's off the radar i don't think you'll have it minnesota timberwolves
0: i don't have them But every like, week like we it.
1: do this west every time we do fake trades on this show i'm always trading carl anthony towns i'm just trying to find someone to take him i don't think that's going to be portland since they just got eight so you got to find a three-way okay but I'm just looking more at the Timberwolves team. If you pair Anthony Edwards and Drew Holiday and Jaden McDaniels, who's an elite defender, and Rudy Gobert, who's a great defender, that's a hell of a defensive team with just enough offensive firepower and stuff around there that I love it. To me, give me that team.
0: You flip Mike Conley and some other stuff, and and then you get them maybe is, is the deal. Uh, Rudy Gobert recently saying that their entire strategy this year, and of course Rudy Gobert is going to say this, but it starts with defense and then we go from there. Um, Drew Holiday would do a lot for that defense, no doubt about it. It might be number one. Jaden
1: McDaniels, Drew Holiday, and Rudy Gobert, that might be the number one defense in the NBA.
0: Uh, unfortunately, Carl Anthony Towns is still on the roster. If you keep if you keep Carl Anthony Towns, you probably I wouldn't think, be. I think you
1: have to trade him to get the first because Portland wants first, and we know that
0: Utah has every first
1: possible right. for Minnesota. So you
0: got to trade Towns, get a couple firsts. So we don't have any of the same teams right now. You got Miami and Minnesota. I don't have them on well, my on My, my list. last
1: two are just narrative, pure narrative. Uh, yeah. Number one, I love a good reunion. Philadelphia 76ers. That's cool. the Drew Holiday trade, Wes. Started the process. Correct. That was the start of the process. The process is on life support. This might be a full circle closed loop. They made an
0: all star game and they traded him like months later. Yeah. Everybody, it was shocking at the time.
1: Bring him back, close the loop on the process and maybe finish it once and for all.
0: James Harden goes
1: out. James Harden goes out. Does it work? I don't know. But just narrative wise, it's kind of cool. So that's why I like it.
0: I'm into it. And what's the other one?
1: And then last one, Pelicans, same thing. His other team. I like a reunion.
0: You send it to the Pelicans. What do they yeah, got I going mean, on? There the he is. Um, it would be a New Jersey, though. He never played in a – did he ever play in the Pelicans jersey? Were they ever the Pelicans when Drew Holiday was there, or did he, was he already gone by then? I think he was a Pelican. I think he was a Pelican for maybe one year. He might have been a Pelican. Um, basketball reference has a little Jersey things up there. Um, my four teams. I like my four teams better. Uh, I'm not going to give you the most fun one yet. I'll give you the, the, the other three first. Tease it, <laughs> yeah. The Clippers? Oh, come on! Sort of. They're just out I think it's L- a good. It, going to be
1: on this list too. Let's just give it all the teams that always nope. pick up everyone they
0: can. The Clippers are interesting. I won't. I don't wish that on Drew Holiday because he actually wants to play with his teammates and in the Clipper, right. the, the LA Clippers. Those those players. He is an LA guy. Hours. Another reunion. I'll, I'll go with. A, all right. Here's a couple of off the radar ones, that, but I think it could work. What about Dallas? They Ooh. need defense yeah. in a bad way. You could technically play Kyrie, Drew, and Luca together because Luca has some size. Of course. And Drew Holiday plays way bigger than his size. I don't really know how they could do it. You would Portland would have to really like Josh Green because I think I think <laughs> Dallas only has like one future first rounder that they can trade. So yeah. it would have to and then they'd have to put in some like salaries that aren't awesome, like the Tim Hardaway and the Rashawn Holmes deals. They have two more years left on their contract, so they're not even expiring. But like if, if Portland really likes Josh Green and Dallas is 2027 20, first, if they're just willing to short the Mavericks,
1: that feels then, rough.
0: Then, then maybe maybe that's something. If I'm Dallas, I'll at least make that phone call. Chicago? <laughs> okay. Here's my case for Chicago. They have Portland's pick. It's like protected from 2024 to like 2054 or something. It's crazy. Okay, yeah. yeah. 30 years of protection. Yeah. Heard all yeah. you're saying the numbers wise. <laughs> <laughs> Give it back to Portland. Okay. Right. That's the only pick. Hey man, you don't have to worry about this anymore. Take your pick back. We don't even want it anymore. It's all it's all lottery protected. We're not even going to see this forever. So just okay. take it back. You don't even have to worry about it anymore. And by the way, that unlocks all the other picks that you want to trade if you ever go down that road. Okay. Patrick Williams, nice young nice. player. Yeah, good could be <laughs> power <laughs> nice. forward. You know, That'd it's like good. okay, now we, maybe we got a you got. A, he, I think he's stolen like twenty two years old. Patrick Williams, like it's crazy. Yeah. Take a flyer on him, and then to make the salaries work. Take Lonzo ball. Okay. Most teams won't take Lonzo ball, but Portland doesn't care because Portland yeah, already knows they're gonna sure. not be any good. And they can yeah. they can they could survive two years of the Lonzo ball contract. Maybe Chicago has to throw in another first round pick. That's fine. You get there Drew you Holiday. I love it for Chicago.
1: Levine drew Caruso, DeRozan, yep, yep. And, and Busevich. So you really would have two of the best perimeter defenders in all the NBA between Caruso and Drew Holiday. You'd have Zach, Le- you know what? And the worst one was
0: Zach Levine. <laughs> there you go i like it for chicago here's my most fun one adam all right the oklahoma city thunder <laughs> what are we doing we're doing what the oklahoma city thunder need to do oh wow which is eventually hey Shea Gilgis alexander is that dude right now go yeah, yeah, cool. get him like let's Looking go what are dude, we waiting oh, wow. for Go make the championship put or go, not championship. Go make the
1: playoff push. Well, like, there, you just said it. You said the part that holds this down is what does it do? And I don't know if you saw Sam Presti yesterday. Uh, he started off by taking a very long and uncomfortable drink of water. And then he proceeded to explain just a little detail. If anybody wants to go look at the video, very uncomfortable about it. It's just a weird way to drink water in public. I don't know how to explain it. Other than That's you totally need good. to go look at the video. It's very, very uh, uncomfortable. He pour it down his shirt. Like- he swishes it around. I mean, it's he drank oh, the way no. I like wash my mouth, like with like mouthwash.
0: Oh, did you did make that? The, did the noise? Did the
1: mouth noise hit the microphone? Oh, and it's like just in front of a whole podium of people. You know, you're like, what are you doing, man? Come on, just drink it. Anyway, so that was too long on that. Anyway, he explained <laughs> that. that he said to make a trade right now to try to win would be like picking out the paint out of a house that you
0: haven't seen or built yet.
1: So he views this as more of a, we don't know. What if you know
0: you like eggshell, though? Like, what if you know you already (laughs) like eggshell? Like, you already know you like Drew Holiday. He fits everywhere. No, here's my problem with Sam Presti. We all agree he's a great GM, blah, blah, blah. He trades good players for picks, and all of that's hypothetical, and therefore you're a great general manager now. That's true. So go get a good player and actually go win some games. Like, that's my thing. Drew Holiday is a perfect fit. You know how great Lou Dort is for this team? What if you had Lou Dort as a Super Saiyan? Uh, That's true holiday. Go yeah. grab that guy, trade Davis Bertans, Lou Dort, and one of those millions of picks that you have that you're not gonna be able to use anyway. So, wait, who's Lou Dort's best friend? I don't know, it's Shea
1: Gildas Alexander. So, you want to trade your cornerstone pieces, countryman, and best and best friend yes. for what I would consider to be an upgrade, but of the same mold of player. Meanwhile, you still have Giddy. You still got Jalen Williams. You just brought over Vasa Michich, your league MVP. You're going to have six point guards on your roster. Um, I just don't know if I, I, I think I disagree with this one quite a bit. Also, I think it
0: makes them better. You might only have them for one year. I just, That's I don't funny. know. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm just sick of the, oh no, we're, we we don't have the house. You have the house. Shea Gildas Alexander is the house. You have the house. Go fill the house with furniture and, and curb appeal. And live in the house. It's time in Oklahoma City. Start making moves. I hate this hypothetical future thing, and we all give Sam Preston all this I, credit. He hasn't built a winning team yet. You know what, so I'm, Do I'm, it. I, I'm gonna drink in your opinion. I'm gonna
1: swish it around for a little bit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I might gurgle, you know, gurgle it a little bit here at the podium, and then <laughs> now, sorry, I got to spit it out.
0: Uh, the Damien. Now that Damian Lillard has been traded, who is the newest, most loyal player in the oh, NBA? We're getting to that next. Welcome back to Locked On NBA. Thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on your favorite podcast app. We do appreciate it. It's Friday, which means it's time to count down to the weekend. What do you have for us today, Adam? Well, Dame
1: was one of the most loyal people in the NBA. I don't know if you ever heard him talk about it, Wes, but very loyal. Very loyal. But sadly, that loyalty did have limits. And he's now gone. And he is Mm. out of my own countdown. Top five most loyal players in the NBA. He's no longer one of the most loyal. In other words, the mantle is open. Somebody else has to fill it. If we, I have a couple honorable mentions here. Okay. I'm going to go with Miles Turner. (laughs) This was your suggestion here. By virtue of the fact that he just has been in Indiana for a while. So I'm just going to give it to him really. He has kind of talked a lot about playing with other people in other cities. So he
0: did have the whole thing about maybe I'll go play with the Lakers, but then he signed the extension. So I don't know. He's sure. an honorable really mention. I think is is fine, but it's yeah. it's funny that we start with somebody like Miles Turner, <laughs> so, who's on the trade block for basically his entire career. His
1: career.
0: But it uh, speaks to the point that I think, like the 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 meta point that you're trying to make here, which is. Loyalty is dead, but let's, let's there's develop.
1: not a lot of loyalty. If our honorable mentions start with Miles Turner, that just shows you. Uh Carl Anthony Towns. I'm gonna put him there. He's been there for a while, you know. Like he, you know, he's changing the game. Nice guy. And then you have Draymond Green, who's obviously been with this Warriors team for over a decade. He's won a right. lot of championships. But why is he honorable mention? I mean, he did punch a teammate, Wes. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he did punch one of his own his own teammates. He also has you know threatened Kerr and talked about leaving and you know basically courted lebron and for, for a while i just i yes. couldn't put him in good conscience in my top 5 uh
0: he yeah i mean he's loyal and then he gets on his podcast and says how he really feels you know what i mean <laughs> and so i honorable mention is fair though he did yeah. he he sign with it. the warriors and he's been there the entire time yeah
1: number 5 most loyal player in the nba currently joel embiid Wow, The guy who started the process, still there for the process, holding on. He's been there. He's like one, he's like the third most tenured player in the entire NBA right now, so you would think he could even be higher. But he has thrown a lot of coaches and teammates under the bus. He has talked about potentially leaving Philly.
0: If um, not you know, for that uh, interview that he high. did this summer, he would be higher, I think so. I think he'd yeah. be
1: four if it weren't for that. That Because he's down. dealt
0: with a lot of stuff like a lot of coaches, a lot of changes, a lot of teammates, all these things. And he's still been there and he has been very loyal to the fan base and this whole thing. He is the process to your point. Um, uh, If not for the interview, he should have been higher, but he gave the interview and now he's lower. So that's what happens. My next most loyal player, number
1: four, Devin Booker, Devin Booker. Hmm. He has really embraced Phoenix life. He's really embraced Phoenix. Um, He's been there for eight years. This will be his ninth season. Most of he which, is, when the
0: Phoenix Suns were bad,
1: they were bad for a long time, and he stuck with them. He knew yep. that you know one day you take the you know they they, they could really have a glow up, and they have. Um, he got all these guys to come to him, mm-hmm. so I think he's. Uh, I would consider him pretty loyal.
0: I'm with you on Brad, uh, Bradley Beal, uh, his, <laughs> new, his new teammate. Bradley Beale also left, leaving Washington, and he was another loyal guy. Uh, yeah. before. but yeah, right. uh, no Booker's good. If I were
1: being honest, though. Those two guys are distant down the list. I think there are actually only three loyal players in all of the NBA right now. Truly, wow. truly loyal guys.
0: Number three. We're not going to include uh, Udonis Haslam, are we? Because he's retired. He's
1: retired. He's He would have been there. He'd, he, he was, was the so most loyal. Uh,
0: well, we just had a loyal, uh, just uh, 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 everybody that was loyal left. Damon Lillard's on a new team. Bradley Beal's on a new team. Udonis Haslam retired. Like, all the loyalty is gone. We've had a couple. Three,
1: we've lost a couple in the last year or two for sure um Giannis Attentacumpo number three number three now he's been with his team for what 10 years now he did just recruit a major piece he won a championship for his team all these things are super loyal but he has done that thing where he every now and then threatens to leave to try to get a little bit more out of his partner that's not a full loyalty move even if it's not the worst offense
0: it's a little abusive, right? A if we go abusive. back to the relationship thing, it's a little bit yeah. like gaslighty. It's like, hey, yeah. if if you don't do this, I'm going to if like if you yeah. don't propose to me today tomorrow, yeah. I'm leaving exactly. you. Yep.
1: Totally. It's a, little,
0: it's a little bit like that, but he never left. He stayed. He, he
1: they yeah. did stay, and he just got Damian Lillard to come on over. You saw, by the way, all-star game this year.
0: Who was his first pick? Damian Lillard. I am I, I'm usually, honestly, like people are like, oh, what does that mean? I'm like, you guys are reading into this way too much. No way. I like, some I was like, no, I'm, I'm fully. Every time anybody picks anything for anybody, anytime a player picks another player to come on the podcast, I'm gonna say, what are so they really true. doing here? Like, all this stuff is happening. I'm, I'm you fully, gotta connect
1: I- the dots, man. The, the All Star Draft. Honest to God, you could tell the history of the NBA over the last four years just from the All Star Game Draft. You, everything you need to know is revealed in those, in those drafts. Number two most loyal player in the NBA. For, for once, my guy's not number one. He's number two. Nikola Jokic, the number two most loyal player in all of the NBA. Just won Denver a championship. He's been there now for eight seasons going on nine. He's been there a really long time. And he's never even once hinted about leaving Denver. He's never even once looked at another team in the wrong way. He ties his wedding ring into his shoelaces for his game so he doesn't lose it he treats the nuggets the exact same way that
0: man has loyalty in his dna the most loyal man on earth the wedding it's- thing the wedding ring thing is a little bit of a reach uh and he does leave denver <laughs> he leaves denver as soon as he can every off every summer to go back to serbia he leaves denver people need every their space,
1: year Wes. people need their space man you know this in a relationship sometimes you got to
0: you know, well, the, the great relationship separation is just a metaphor throughout the entire show. It's just like a common thread. Uh, who's number one? You know who number one is. The most loyal player in the NBA, Steph
1: Curry, the guy whose career yeah. of this era has been the most storybook drafted in the Bay, brought four championships to the Bay, brought some iconic moments to the Bay. He's still in the Bay. He doesn't flirt with leaving. He doesn't talk about, oh, I wish I could go over here and play with that guy or this or that. He just keeps winning and winning and winning for his same fan base. Steph Curry is Mr. Loyalty in the NBA. Uh, he gets number one.
0: There was some talk for a while, and this was not generated by him, so I agree with everything you just said, but there was some talk on the outside for a while, like, oh, you know, it wouldn't shock me if Steph ended his career in Charlotte, his hometown. I don't buy that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't buy So first of all, the hometown thing was only ever a LeBron thing. It's never been a thing for anybody else other than LeBron and people who come from L.A. Those are the only things. Where the hometown is ever a factor. Kevin Durant didn't go play for the Wizards because he was from the Washington, uh, DC area. It yeah. never like the hometown thing never ever yeah. is a factor. And people are like, yeah, and then Steph is gonna leave maybe the most successful organization in, in the league over the last decade for the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> like, why would he ever do that? It's insane. Yeah. He can go home whenever he wants. He's a bajillionaire, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. That would seem like a little bit of a reach. It would feel weird too. Steph Curry is he's been with the Warriors through so many years and so many highs that to see him in a different jersey would be like it really would be like Jordan and the Wizards or Keem and the Raptors. Like it would just be one of those things where you'd be like, What?
0: That's not right. It's so strange. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, his dad does play uh, does the the analyst for the for the broadcast. It's like, who cares? <laughs> his dad. He can call him whenever he wants. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's good. That was a good top five. Let us
1: know who's your most loyal. Who is your top five? I wish most loyal we would have done this last year because
0: Giannis NBA. Haslam would have been number one. Yeah, Could've well, Dave might have been number Miami. one. I think Dave, might. Dave might
1: have won that number one. It breaks everybody's heart, man.
0: Thanks for making Locked on NBA your first listen every day. Every dayers, make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever it is that you get your podcast. Every dayers are so loyal, loyal
1: to us, baby. loyal.
0: And number one are the every dayers. That's right. <laughs> We'll be back on Monday with the biggest stories from the NBA weekend until next uh until next Friday. You can find me over at Locked on Heat. Adam is over on Locked on Nuggets. Media days are next week. We're going to have a ton of content across the network for you from there. Until then, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, Adam. You
1: too.